Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome back to the Unplayable Podcast. My name is Josh Shonafinger and with the highly anticipated NRMA Insurance Test Series between Australia and South Africa just around the corner, we've got something a bit different for you on this episode of the Unplayable Pod. We're chatting to South African spinner Keshav Maharaj, who chats about South Africa's current standings in the World Test Championship. They're currently second. They could face Australia next year in the final. We also talk about bowling spin in Australia, taking a test hat-trick against the West Indies, and that memorable test debut six years ago in Perth against the likes of Steve Smith and the Aussies. So there's plenty to get through. I hope you enjoy our chat with Keshav Maharaj. Keshav Maharaj, welcome to the Unplayable Podcast. You were just here in Australia for the T20 World Cup. Now you're back. Welcome back, firstly. And what did you learn from that T20 World Cup? It's good to be back. Uh, obviously, we had our base in Brisbane uh, for the World Cup and obviously 2015 I was here for SA Tour, so we played over here at the Allen Border over, so I was part of the squad then. So it was, it's quite nice to be back. Brisbane's a lovely city. Um, learnings from the World Cup, um, obviously it wasn't ideal that we got knocked out having set ourselves up in a really good position. But I think the style and brand of cricket we played at the start of the tournament is something that we really want to emulate going forward and obviously be more consistent at. I thought uh, probably played one of our best games against India in that Perth game. You know, full credit to our batters who were in a bit of a sticky situation. And I think it was Aiden and uh, David that came through and pulled us through. So, you know, it was good signs to see the depth uh, and maturity in sort of the younger generation. I mean, Aiden's played a lot of international cricket, but his age doesn't tell for his experience, you know. And it's good to see him thriving he is one of the best in the world in the top 10 rankings so I mean David Muller we know what he's capable of but obviously to see the bowling unit how they went about their business against a world-class batting attack you know some phenomenal names there but the guys stuck to the plans and you know the energy was on the field and how do you find bowling in Australia I mean the pitches here are quite different elsewhere in the world so how do you find it yeah very much so I think (laughs) Um, it doesn't spin a lot here. Um, there is a lot of bounce you can work with. I think Nathan Lyon is a prime example of how to utilize bounce. Um, square boundaries are quite large, uh, pending the the, the, f- uh, the fields you play on. So, you know, it, it does give you a little bit of something to work with rather than the flat wickets with small boundaries and things like that. So I think, you know, just watching how Nathan Lyon bowled against Perth on a wicket that probably no one would have thought he was going to get a six for. I thought he bowled extremely well and, you know, utilised his spin on the ball and shape on the ball and the bounce with the attacking fields. Well, speaking of Perth, back in 2016, you actually made your test debut there. Can you tell us what your memories are of that whole experience? Yeah. <laughs> Look, I got added to the squad. I didn't expect to play a game, to be yeah. honest. I, yeah, I thought it was just coming part of the squad, you know, maybe learn a few things or, you know, be a backup to someone or what have you. Obviously, coming into fast bowling conditions, so you never quite think you'd make your debut. Um, played a warm-up game. Uh, yeah, I had to get pulled off. I did something, I can't remember. And then, you know, the physio got me back and going. Played the 
next warm-up game, I think it was in Adelaide, if I'm not mistaken, and I bowled quite well that game. And then I thought, geez, it's actually nice to play international. You know, for a team, uh, I know we are playing against, um, I'm not sure what the locals, the domestic side of the Adelaide team is. The strikers, yes, yes. So, I mean, um, yeah, it was really nice. To, obviously, a very good standard of cricket. And, you know, it felt nice to be a part of it. I didn't still think I was going to play. I thought, well, okay, this is bowling loads. Everyone's going to get a gig here to play. And, you know, and then two days before, I remember I went for dinner with uh, Vernon Philander. And, you know, he's like, you know, you're ready. I'm like, for what? <laughs> he's like, no, the test is. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm excited to be here. Happy for the boys, this, that. He's like, no, you're going to play. I'm like, Vern, come on. <laughs> you're joking with me. I was like, does it look like I'm joking? And, uh, yeah, the day before the game, Joe, uh, I remember Hashim handing me my cap, uh, so it was very special. Still have the speech in which he, uh, what he wrote down and said to me. So you know, always be something I cherish. Uh, and yeah, I think walking onto the field um, to sing the national anthem, it, it was a very special um, emotional moment. You know, as a youngster, you dream of playing for South Africa or your country, but you probably never think you're going to get there. Yeah. Uh, but it's good to have a higher goal that you can achieve, want to achieve. Um, yeah, I think the best part of it was we batted first, so it sort of calmed a bit of the nerves. Um, yeah, but then I went into bat and I remember facing Mitchell Stark and I was watching every ball engaged in the change room because the atmosphere was electric at the WACA. It's probably some of the best atmosphere you're going to experience in the world. Um, and you hit him for a big six, didn't you? Look, I said to myself, I actually was batting with Kuni at the time. I said, Kuni, probably can't see much here, but if I see it in my half, I'm just going to try and pull it. <laughs> <laughs> ended up pulling off only for six. <laughs> it felt nice to be on the good side of things. But I think, you know, having uh, something was on my shoulder saying, just in your first ball, get forward. Just, you know, you belong here. This. I remember I got forward, blocked the ball, almost got run out because I didn't know whether to say yes or no. But then I felt like comfortable. And then even when I, when I came into bowl, as nervous as I was, um, I remember I was bowling to David Warner that day and I think it was, it was two hours for 15 or something. But even though figures didn't reflect, I felt like, you know, good. Like, you know, I was like, you know what, you actually belong here. The next day, change of ends and, you know, it was a different outcome for me. So, yeah, yeah I thought it was, it was very special, emotional um, and something that I cherish for the, forever. It's, it's a memory I'll never forget. I can still relive every ball I faced. Yeah. Almost every ball I bowled, like yeah. it's it's surreal the moment to me. And every time I come back to Australia, I always have something to reflect on. And of course, I have to ask you about that Stevie Smith wicket. <laughs> it was your first in Test cricket. Yeah! Oh, he's gone way down. Oh, he's, he's given, given him. him! He's given him. Well, I, that does surprise me. I'm, Steve Smith's going to review this straight away. He is a long way down here. He's down the pitch, hit on the pad, given out. What are your memories? Look, did you think it was out? <laughs> well, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> Uh, the day before the game, I was actually bowling into the net, in the net, and I think Stephen Cook was batting on the other end, and Alim Da obviously do their pre-match uh, routines, and obviously being someone new, he hasn't seen me before, mm -hmm. and a very similar thing happened. He's like, you know what? That's out. I'll probably give it out. Really? Yo, little did I know. Early into my spell, the next morning that was going to be the case. I think that also helped settle a lot of the nerves, and excuse me, allowed me to bowl a longer spell. Um, but I think I had a really good leader in Faf. Um, just the persona he carries on the field and the character he is and the way he thinks is, you know, it's probably the best captain I've played under. Um, uh, and, you know, you can learn a lot from his leadership qualities. And, um, yeah, he was very precise and, and clear in what he expected of me. 
Uh, and that helped me. And then the other thing was to have Hashim standing at first slip and, you know, after every ball, he just gets up and claps. It's, for me as a youngster, having an idol that someone, you know, you look up to have posters in your room and to see him uh, clapping you at first slip, it, it really did ease my nerves a lot. Uh, and to see the guys, you know, when they appeal, they appeal with you. You know, it, it's a really humbling feeling as a kid. Uh, and I think it, it strive, it, you strive to reach greater heights by being uh, surrounded by such legends of the game. Yeah, so I wanted to ask you, why did you pick spin and who were your idols growing up? Look, um, I actually was a fast bowler in school and one day I got irritated and being the rebellion that I can be, decided to bowl spin to irritate a select few people. And yeah, I never looked back and then my dad gave me a bucket of balls and said, you go bowl spin, you know, and I never looked back. Um, in terms of my idols, uh, look, I have always been a fan of Raul Dravid. Um, probably for me, one of the best human beings I've ever come across. Uh, I remember a very instance where, if only, I think it, before I made my debut, and I played an A-side series in India, and he was the coach of India A. Yeah. And it so happened that the Under-19 World Cup was here, and he brought the team down. And he was in Durban, and I remember walking in the mall, and someone said, Kesh. So like, you know, turn around, and Raul Dravid, and then he fell down on the floor, and I was like, Jesus a legend is calling my name, you know, and so, you know, things like that carried a long way, but I think the way he carried himself on and off the field is something that I really try and, you know, sort of emulate from that point of view. I think he's a legend of the game. His record speaks for itself, but he also went under the radar in terms of the the numbers that he put out yeah. on international stage. So he's someone I thoroughly, thoroughly looked up to. And so now returning to Australia for a test series, your career is coming full circle in a sense. And this season, you've taken 25 wickets at under 20, which statistically is your best season or your best year in test cricket. So what have you changed or what's working for you now that maybe didn't work for you in the past? Look, I think every cricketer has runs of forms and dips in forms. Um, I remember when Bouch came in, he just changed a few things and, and mindset point of view. And I think it's sort of starting to pay dividends. Um, but yeah, I think it's also the work that I've done behind the scenes. I bowl a lot. I'm quite excessive in my workloads and things like that. So when I do play, I, I always prepare to play for test cricket. You know, science has infiltrated sport in a large way yeah. where guys have to be managed a certain way. Uh, you know, obviously being a spinner, you probably get a bit more leeway than a fast bowler. But I think I always prepare to play test cricket. And I think my hunger and passion to play test cricket obviously propels me to work even harder and better myself every day. Um, you know, you pick up one percenters from various other spinners in the world. Uh, you know, you always want to learn as a spinner. That's my biggest thing is everywhere I go, I want to learn something different from, it might even be the curator or, you know, the, the opposition coach or what. It's it's those one percenters that help you go a long way in your career. So I think that's probably paid part and parcel of what's helped me do relatively well this year. Obviously, it's still a lot more to play for going forward. But yeah, really looking forward to obviously growing and hopefully doing well in this test series to you know get South Africa where they need to be. And I have to ask you about last year as well. You took a test hat-trick against the West Indies, only the second South African to take a test hat-trick, and there was a pretty incredible catch at Lake Slip as well. Can you talk us through what it was like to take a test hat-trick? Look, to be honest, that hat-trick should be Vian. I think if you put... Ten other people there, probably maybe two would catch it. And, you know, he's probably got some of the best hands in the team when it comes to slip fielding. Uh, you know, fair play to him. I think credit must go to him more than myself. Um, but, yeah, it was such a weird one. Like, game was going nowhere. 
Emerald Dean's like, yeah, just, you know, hold up and in. And there was a nice breeze bowling across, so there was a nice drift for me. Um, and the first wicket, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Paul or someone on 50. Yes. And he tried oh, to slog, yeah, he tried to slog sweep me, and I caught it. And then um, Jason Holder walked in. Yeah, he, and we know that he has capabilities of scoring big, and we knew that if we get two quick wickets, whatever. But I still wasn't trying to bowl for the wicket. I was just saying, okay, there was a massive breeze. Uh, I remember I bowled with no point that day because of the breeze, and I had the extra man on the leg side, you know, trying to utilize. It. And I started the ball from just outside off stump, and I just saw it go. And I saw his bat, like you know, when you hit the pad, get the edge. Great catch by Keegan as well, re uh, reaction catch. And when I bowled the hat-trick, I actually wasn't thinking about the hat-trick, to be honest with you. Yeah, it, it, it was weird. It was like everything happened so fast that I forgot about it. And only when I released the ball and Vian saw him pluck it, did I realize, geez, you just got a hat-trick. I didn't even know what to celebrate, like what to do to celebrate. I ran and I remember I tried to do a belly flop and instead of sliding, I stopped there. <laughs> it was so funny. My, my mates were ripping me to shreds and creating little gifs of me just bouncing on the floor there. So yeah, I think... It was a very special memory. I mean, look, you dream of getting test five fours and stuff. You never quite dream about getting a hat-trick. Realistically and statistically, it's, it's hard to come by. Uh, but, you know, I'll take it in both hands. I think anything to help the team. But, you know, to have an accolade of that, you know, to say that I can tick that box is something special to me. Like I said, I can remember each ball as I explained it now, what I try to do and things like that. So, yeah, really happy with that. Yeah, it is such a select group that's done it in Test Cricket, so congratulations on that. Now, if we look ahead to this series coming up against Australia, South Africa currently second in the World Test Championship. Firstly, how far do you think you can go in the World Test Championship? And secondly, how much emphasis is, that, is actually put on it on a series-by-series series basis? When Dean first took over the side, uh, it's been two years now, if I'm not mistaken, I think he was very clear in what he wanted the team to achieve. Um, obviously, our first plan was to move up the rankings. We never expected to get this high so quickly. But I think if you're doing the right things, uh, more especially from a culture point of view, you know, cricket will always take care of itself. You know, small things of keep, keeping your change room in check and your house in order. And I think he's brought that different element. But he's also brought a harder side of the cricket, you know, sort of old school mentality. And I think he's brought up the best in the youngsters. And, you know, he relies heavily on the leadership also to drive certain things within the team so that he can focus purely on the cricket stuff. And I think that's that's what we've done well as a team together. In terms of how high we can go, I think we know the potential and ability of our team. We've taken it one series at the time. And although there's a potential World Test Championship looming, uh, a final looming for us, we just focused on the on the now. I, th I think it's important not to forget um, what you have to do and let the other process take care of itself. You know, obviously England didn't go according to plan. Uh, but having said that, I think the guys have gone back to domestic cricket, really worked hard on their various game plans. And I think it's going to be a really exciting uh, battle, uh, if I'd say that. We know what Australia, the, the Australian team possess in terms of their firepower with both bat and ball. Uh, but we also possess the same. Uh, we might be a little bit uh, more inexperienced from a batting point of view. But you know what, at the end of the day, the only way you can get experience is by consistently playing. So I think it'll be a really exciting, hard series. Uh, you know, after the, third uh, after the third test, I think a lot of guys are going to be mentally, physically and emotionally drained. But I think that's the beauty of test cricket. Um, it's five days of relentless 
pressure, energy, character, standing up, uh, and it's not just someone single-handedly winning the you know a, a test match for you. It's a collective effort because you still got to make runs as a unit. You still got to take 20 wickets to win a test match, and while someone's may take five, you still got 15 other wickets to take care of. You know, so that I think that's the beauty of our team right now, and the guys are hungry. Obviously, with youth comes energy and passion, and I think that's something that we can really strive off in this Test Series. And why are South Africa so good in Australia? It's been three series in a row that you've won here now, and you were here for that last one in 2016. Why does South Africa have such a good record in Australia? Um, <laughs> look, I think there's something about the South African team when we put in a corner and how we react. We know South Africa are very good when their backs are against the wall. So maybe we know what we're up against. Uh, like I said, Australia are fierce opponents and we know South African characters you know, stand up to that. So maybe that's something that helps us. Uh, I really can't put my finger on. Maybe the guys get even more keyed up for such a big series in Australia, knowing what's at stake. There's a lot of pride to play for as well. And obviously to uphold a record. But having said that, there's an opportunity as a young side to create some special memories going forward. You know. Regardless of the outcomes, I think as a unit, we're going to keep growing and keep striving to better, get better and better as, as uh, years and years go on. Now, this Proteus squad has quite a few faces who Australian fans wouldn't have seen too much of in the past. So, in your opinion, who's going to have a big series from a South African point of view? Look, apart from the usual names that guys are used to, I think if you look at someone like uh, Dennis De Bruyne, mm-hmm. I think he's obviously been and out of the South African system. And for a couple of years, but he's gone back to domestic cricket and really put in some big numbers. Um, obviously, plays in some sort of similar conditions to uh, Australian wickets back home. So I think he could be really someone you could watch out for. Um, the other one is Marco Janssen. I think he's a special talent. Yeah. Not everyone can be 10 foot 50 or whatever his height is, and bowl at 140k, swing the ball, and you know hit a long ball with a bat. Uh, I think he's really exciting. He's got a really great attitude on the field. He's a, he's a die-hard mentality, and he comes with a pure aggression that people don't see uh, on the field. We call each other our batting partners, and we've got a good uh, sort of a relationship, especially when you're batting, and we've got a good uh, sort of battle between each other. Um, but I think he's definitely someone to. I mean, with pace and bounce and the ability to swing the ball in Australia or nip the ball, you know, he could be a handful. So I, I, for me, I'd say those two players are two people to really watch out for. Um, yeah, and hopefully everyone else, you know, puts their hand up and we can have a proper clinical uh, tour, you know, if things allow us to. How often do you face those guys in the nets, you personally? Look, <laughs> I face them once or twice. Um, it's it's pretty scary I'm not going to lie the worst thing in the nets is it's confined so you don't have that adrenaline of the game and things like that so it makes it that much harder and also you know you don't know when one's going to come past your nose in the nets and stuff Uh, and obviously on used wickets it doesn't make it any easier Uh, but I suppose that's part and parcel of you know wanting to be a professional cricketer you've got to do the hard yards the uncomfortable battles, uh, battles is what you need to get through in the net so that when you get into uh, onto the field, I won't say it becomes easier, but it becomes more familiar and you find ways to deal with it. Just before I let you go, Keshav, uh, when you're not playing cricket, what are you getting up to? How do you spend your spare time? What do you do to relax and get away from the game? Look, uh, I wouldn't say I'm a great golfer, but now and then I do enjoy playing golf. It's just a nice way to de-stress. I love spending time in the gym, even though it's probably still related to cricket. Uh, you know, I do want to play till I'm 40, so I need to look after my body from that end. Um, I enjoy sleeping. 
Um, I don't. I think like there's too much adrenaline during games for me to even just switch off. So uh -huh. you know, I look forward to doing that, listening to music. Um, now that COVID bubbles have subsided, uh, you know, just walking around, maybe doing a bit of shopping. I love good coffee shops, yeah. so always enjoying going to various coffee places and trying coffee and things like that. Um, I love cooking. Obviously on tour you don't get much to cook because you're away, but you know at home when I do, the wife and I, you know, she does the baking, although I don't eat desserts. Um, I do the cooking, so always trying new things in the kitchen and things. And I just like socializing with family as well. Uh, on tour, you find family within your teammates because mm -hmm. it's important to have that uh, special bond because tour can become a very long and lonely life, especially if you isolate yourself. So, you know, you go out with the odd guys, you go chill, have a coffee, have dinner together, talk, have banter, come chill in the team room, you know, small things that help you uh, zone out from the, the hardships of playing international from a mental point of view. Um, yeah, and I think we've got a good team ethos. I think there's a lot of team activities that we do, you know, laser tag, things like that. So it's lots of fun, still keeps you grounded, brings out the inner child in you. Uh, there's one thing about cricketers though, it's very hard to switch off from a competitive side. So I think that's why you play laser tag, you still want to try to get, you know, get on top of each other. So yeah, just small things to make you feel um, home and not have the nostalgia of being away from home. Keshav, thank you so much for your time and all the best for the upcoming series. Thank you very much. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.